small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey, everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me in the Zoom room today from Naperville, Illinois, you may know him as the host and creator of the Retro Rock Roundup podcast. Please welcome my friend and Rolling Stones fanatic, Mike Wiles. How are you doing, Mike? Hi, Pat. Thank you so much for having me today. This I've really been looking forward to this episode. I have been looking forward to this one, too, because uh, the Rolling Stones are back on tour. Yes, I'm seeing them next Sunday, and you just saw them in St. Louis. Yes, I did. What a fantastic show. Oh, my God. You know, I had a chance last minute to get a good seat, and I drove down by myself. It's four hours away from where I live a couple of Sundays ago, and I got in the car and drove down and uh, got on the floor which is the first time I've ever had on the floor seats for the Stones, but it was an amazing show from beginning to end. Now, Mike, I think we're missing some fun content here where you just kind of brushed over the reason that you were <laughs> able to get a good ticket. So Explain to everybody. I, I've been to a lot of concerts this year with, uh, you know, the you know, things kind of opening up and missing live shows, which I love. And the Stones are in the back of my mind. I really wanted to go. Um, two things. I didn't want to buy a ticket too early in case they might cancel it again. Then you're right. kind of locked into that money. And then um, the tickets aren't cheap, but I thought if I'm going to do it, this would probably might be the last time you're going to see them. And that I need, you know, I want to see down the floor. And they're quite expensive, about $400 to $900. So I kind of decided I put it off. Uh, we are, My son started college. We've had some expenses with that. But my wife went to California with her mother um, about uh, a few weeks ago, and they decided one day to hit the casino and playing playing penny slots with $100, they won um, almost $3,000. There you so go. She called me up and said, I won. It was big time. Go buy your ticket. So I bought my ticket. That's nice. That's a, that's a, yes. that's a nice way uh, to get the money, and it's a nice present for you. And so congratulations. Yeah, she's not into the stones. I am. She's just go have fun. And uh, yes, it was a blast. So you live in the uh, Chicago, Illinois area, but you drove the whole way down to St. Louis to see them. Uh, It's not a long drive, but it's not a quick drive either. Did you spend the night after the show? Yeah. So I got a hotel like right outside of St. Louis in uh, Troy, Illinois, so basically, I would avoid the traffic coming home in the morning. So basically, it was a four-hour drive. It's a lot of cornfields. Yeah. It's not exciting. No. Uh, but drove down, checked into the hotel, got there about two or three in the afternoon. And I just wanted to get checked in and get down to St. Louis to be there. You know, I didn't care if I stood in line, whatever. I just wanted to be there. So I got down there. Uh, they opened the doors about 530 and then uh, went and got my seat and uh but yeah after the show i just crashed at the hotel and came back that next morning cool and the rolling stones are your favorite band correct yes they are yes, number they one are. favorite band how many times have you seen them this would be my eighth time that's pretty good i've uh i've only seen them once that was on the bigger bang tour i'm gonna see them again uh a week from today and uh, i wish i had seen them more what keeps me from seeing them more is the ticket price yeah. For yeah. some reason, 
the Rolling Stones ticket price is high. Like when the who comes, I go all the time because uh, an expensive ticket's only like 150 or 200 bucks. But for the Stones, that's the low end. Yeah, it is the low end. And that, you know, in my younger single days, I saw them in 89, I saw them in 94, et cetera. Yeah. Um, there was a gap, though, when I got married and had we've had four kids that from 2002 to 2015, I did not go for that reason. Right, you know, right, right. You know, um, they played the zip code tour about five, six years ago, 2015. Yeah. And my son, Jeremy, who's now 18, he was 13 at the time. He's a big Stones fan. You can't believe that, can you? No, um, <laughs> he uh, wanted to go. And I found seats. They were playing the Indy 500 that year. They weren't playing in Chicago. Oh, nice. But they were playing on the, like, it's all flat, you know, and they had yeah. different tiers. And they had tiers for like $50. You're way in the back, but who cares? You know, they had screens. And so we saw them there for 50 bucks. But that was, that's rare that you got for that price. Yeah, that is rare. And speaking of uh, Jeremy, Jeremy's the co-host on the Retro Rock Roundup podcast. Yes, he's he in, He's in college now. How do you guys, how are you guys handling co-hosting? Are you doing it through Zoom like this? Yeah, we've been doing it through Zoom. Uh, we've had uh, two or three episodes. He's actually recorded a couple of his uh, two solo ones he wanted to do about some bands he's into uh, when he was up there. Uh, but yeah, we would do it via Zoom um, and he still enjoys it. Um, it's a little tough getting back and forth to get the stuff edited and stuff. But my other son, Josh, who's 16, is actually taking film and editing in high school. And he's actually our new editor and producer. Now. Oh, that's great. That's terrific. Yeah. Make it a family affair. That's right. Um, so, Mike, you uh, you have four boys. Yes. And um, you got married kind of late in life. True. Yes, and then boom! You uh, instant. You guys are having a family like like this. Well, yeah, my wife is twelve years younger, and we just she said, "Well, I guess we got to have kids fast, so they're not you know you're not having kids when you're on social security." <laughs> <laughs> well, you you guys did it, and uh, and uh, twelve years younger, robbing the cradle. I got to say it, <laughs> but uh, congratulations on the family and everything, Mike, and uh, and the podcast and. Your day job is, tell us. So I'm a kitchen designer. I work for a cabinet manufacturer called Breaker Custom Cabinetry, who's been there for 50 years. I've been there for 32 years almost. Wow. Um, and uh, I basically work with contractors and homeowners designing and selling kitchens and full cabinetry for houses, new houses and remodeling. And what did you study in college? Or maybe you didn't go to college for this, What to get into this line of work? I, did, I went to college like for two years and then um, due to some things with the sickness in my, with my parents and stuff, I had to go to work when I was about 18, 19 and I was selling appliances, like okay. major appliances, a store called Montgomery Ward, which is, I mean, don't remember what that Montgomery Ward was. It was kind of like Sears rival back in the eighties. And, um, but this company breaker was hiring for sales and designers and I just wanted something different. And I they, they hired me and kind of trained as I went. I was originally like a sh showroom manager and then got mm -hmm. into the sales design area. And I like it. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's great, you know, to do and help people. Well, I mean, uh, you are you're always posting it. You're listening to records early in the morning. You're up working and you're uh, you're working with graph paper. You, I mean, it seems like a, like you're an architect of some uh, to some extent. Well, 
you know, I mean, we have a great company that builds everything. I just kind of have to put it all on paper and get the, okay. you got to get, get what the people want, you know, what they yeah. want for their dream kitchen, quote unquote. And, you know, there's so many choices now and things and trying to steer them the right way. It's a lot of challenges, but it's, it, it's very rewarding when it all comes out right. But your, your measurements and everything have to be accurate before you give them to the company, right? Correct. Yeah. So I actually feel, I do a lot of stuff. I field measure everything. I draw it. I price it. Um, I, you know, meet with a customer, make selections of so everything from beginning, very beginning to end. And then if there's a problem, they call me too. <laughs> and is this a high pressure job? Do you feel like you're under the gun or, or is this something fun that you really do love? Well, I like it. I mean, it is a somewhat high pressure at times, especially because we're really busy right now, which I can't complain about. You know, with the pandemic, everybody's sitting home going, maybe I should redo my kitchen. Right, so that's true. great. We're doing very good that way. Um, you know, but you got ups and downs and you had the downturn from 10 years ago really affected us mm-hmm. and things like that. So, yeah, there's some pressure to it. But music kind of takes me my real if I'm getting stressed out, I can get up in the morning, put some music on and it makes doing this work a lot more fun. And that's what's great. If you have a job where you can actually listen to music while you do the job, that makes it that much better. And we worked just found a system where the CAD system that I use to design the kitchens mm-hmm. um, normally has to be done at our office due to licensing and things where we have to be there to get the license key, et cetera. Okay. But we found a way during the pandemic, my, my wife, who was a more tech savvy than me, found a uh, system that I can work. We bought an initial laptop and I can work from one lap to the other. So I can work off my laptop at my office from home. And so basically I can, except for meeting clients at the showroom and turning in paperwork, I can do most of my work. If I'm not measuring, I can come home and draw everything and do everything from my house. I don't have to leave. That's, that's even better. Also. Yes. Now, one more thing I want to tell people about uh, Mike Wiles, if he doesn't mind talking about this, Mike, you not only are you up early and you're working and you're listening to music, but you also fit in your gym time. And <laughs> in the past year or so, you've dropped an incredible amount of weight. Are you okay talking about this? Yes. Yes. No, I, uh, I dropped, well, starting about a month before the pandemic, my wife and I went on a nutrition program and we, we, we both lost about a hundred pounds each. Wow. Doing that. So I, it was a time to do it. Um, starting to have some issues with arthritis in my knee and a couple of minor health issues. And I said, you know what? It just, it's, I got four kids and yeah. you know, they were counting on us. And so we decided to start eating better and working out a little bit and feeling better. And it's been a great journey. And so far I've kept it off and kept doing it. So that's the biggest, hardest part. Well, I commend you, especially through COVID when people have been gaining 10 or 15 pounds, you guys are killing it. So congratulations. It's not an easy thing to do. And uh, it's great that you did it together because that probably made it easier. So fantastic. Kind of got our mind off of the pandemic. We actually were doing something we thought helped us that positive thing during the pandemic. Yep. Well, you, you guys, you guys are killing it and keep going and congratulations. Thank you. All right. We're going to move into the stones by my count. uh, The stones have about, Oh, by the way, the topic today is the rolling stones live albums, uh, 1963 to 2016. And by my count, the Rolling Stones have 30 live albums. They might have a couple more in there, but we're going to concentrate on the 30 
We're going right. to go chronologically, not by when they were released, because sometimes the band releases these archive uh, releases. Uh, they might release a, a show from 78, you know. Right. But last year. But we're going to go in the order that they were recorded, and maybe we'll hear some, uh, you know, some progression uh, in their live recordings. But we're going to start uh, with Got Live If You Want It, and we're going to end with Havana Moon. And Mike and I are going to go back and forth. So Mike's going to go first, then I'm second. Mike's Mike's the odds, and I'm the evens, basically. There you go. How we're doing this. <laughs> so, uh, and we'll talk about the Stones as we go along. And the first song out of the box, Mike, on your playlist is what? It is again, like you said, from Got Live If You Want It, which was the album, the live album they released in 66. The song is, of course, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Now, the reason I chose this song is um, this album is kind of a hodgepodge. It's kind of sloppy. Back then when they were performing, there was girls running up on stage and screaming and there was it was just chaotic. Right. They managed to pull off these albums, these performances and. Now, on this album, though, the record company kind of threw some tracks in uh, Fortune Teller and a couple other ones. We were actually just studio tracks with audience in the background. But the live tracks that are on here are really good. They're chaotic. And I can't believe the Stones pulled these off with girls running on stage screaming at them, and they still managed to do it. But the reason I took Satisfaction is I read something before I started listening to this album in depth, is how that is one of the best versions of this song out there. Basically, because at that point, they weren't doing it for showboating or for they didn't have anything. They were that's, that's a that's a rebellion song. It was almost like one of the first punk rock songs. Yeah, is I can't get no satisfaction. And if you hear this version, it's rough. It's got great guitar work from Keith, and of course, a rock and peace. Charlie just came comes through the drums, and but you can hear a, just a raw version of this song, and they sound so determined, so rebel compared to maybe now, you know. But uh, it's really great. All right, here we go. The first track of the show, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. Let's cue it up and let's get this thing going. Classic. It is. Did they play it in St. Louis? Of course, they play still now. They play it every show at the very end, which was awesome, and it was great, you know. Um, but now it's kind of a sing along. Everybody's happy singing. You know, right. back then it was a rebellion song, and uh, I just loved Charlie just ramming on the drums there. His symbol, you can just you know, they were just full force. Um, and let me ask you this, because you you saw Steve Jordan. Um, yes sitting behind the drums. How did Steve do? I thought Steve did great. He was, you could tell he was trying to play that like laid back beat that Charlie played, you know, not too uh, over the top, just like Charlie did. But in some ways, Charlie could do that so, you know, easily, you know, effortlessly that it sounded like a big drum sound. And he was doing that, but he does have a lot more energy. 
say than yeah. Charlie. As far as his, his expressions and his movements and everything were a lot more, but he played like Charlie. He really, he really kept honored the tradition. Yeah, and Steve, uh, Steve's probably what fifteen years younger than Charlie at least. Yeah, you know he looks like he's like thirty years younger. He looks really. He looks great. But he's yeah, he's like in his late fifties, early sixties. I want to say. Well, I mean, I'm excited to see Steve Jordan. I'm, I'm, but saddened to know that Charlie's not in the wings waiting to come back. But, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting, and I'm excited to see it. Let's move on to something that was recorded in 1968, but not released until 1996. It's the legendary, the Rolling Stones rock and roll circus. Uh, the rumor was always that the stones didn't think that they, uh, they sounded great when they, uh, when they recorded this special and, uh, and that the who was so good. And so the stones didn't want to put it out. I don't know if that's a rumor or true, or I don't know what, but, um, Here's one of the songs I like that the Stones do, and it's a classic. It's You Can't Always Get What You Want. I saw her today at the reception A glass of wine in her hand I knew she was gonna meet her connection At her feet was a footloose man and I said that you can't always get what you want honey you can't always get what you want you can't always get what you want but if you try sometime well you might just find Now, with a live song, it's tough to figure out a place to cue it up sometimes, but I just like the sparseness of that and um, and just how mixed voice is just so out front. So that's why I chose that one. Yeah, I, I like that song and I like that version. Like you said, just uh, to hear that interplay between just Keith's guitar riff and Mick is fantastic. And that was also the last performance of Brian. And if you, <clears throat> I'm sure you've seen the movie, he looks really out of it. He does play a good, nice, beautiful steel guitar, uh, slide guitar during No Expectations. But for pretty much for that one, the rest of it, he was pretty out of it. The drugs had kind of set in and partying and lifestyle yeah. really. Yeah. See, I did not know that. I didn't know that was Brian's uh, last uh, yeah. last recording with the Stones. So yeah. thank you for bringing the, uh, the heat with that one. By the way, folks, uh, we are recording. It's uh, seven in the morning, uh, Los Angeles time for me. Uh, I just took my retainer out and I still can't feel my teeth. So uh, if I sound weird, that's why. Mike, what, what's it, uh, nine o'clock for you? Yes, it is. Yes. All right. And you have big plans tonight. That's why we're doing it early. What are you doing today? Uh, we had bought from uh, tickets uh, to see Rent, the musical, my wife's favorite musical. We've seen it many times. And uh, we had bought her birthday was last month. So we bought the tickets ahead of time. And so we're going to Chicago today, this later this afternoon to see Rent. Well, I appreciate you fitting this in uh, with your busy morning, too, then. All right, Mike, we're moving on. What's your second live Stone song? Okay, the second song is Sympathy for the Devil. And it is, to me, probably one of my favorite, and I think one of their greatest, or it could 
be arguably the greatest live album is their 1969 get your yayas out and of course brian jones had been fired and then passes away they bring in mick taylor from john mayle's band and he's a 20 20 21 year old prodigy he's just a dynamic yeah uh, creates a whole different level and this is like their first kind of stadium tour they're now they're, they're doing you know amphitheaters and things it's starting to be a stage show you know um but what has changed in this and this is a great album from beginning to end but what has changed in their playing is it's a, it's a harder sound and where uh, Keith and Brian had more of a weaving type of guitar interplay where one would play lead, they trade on and off. This was more where Keith played rhythm and Mick Taylor just roared with his lead guitar. Now, what I like about this version of Sympathy for the Devil, it's very, it's straight guitar work. There's no congas and stuff that, you know, because it was just the five of them playing. And um, in the middle of it, Keith and Mick Taylor have an amazing guitar duo. And, you know, Keith's playing has is, is always been like a, a Chuck Berry style riffing. He, even his solos sound like a, you know, rhythm guitar. And it's always very much is always geared toward Chuck's influence on him. Right. Um, where Mick comes, Mick Taylor comes in and it, it's just, it's like it's a total different sound. I always refer to Mick's uh, guitar solos, Mick Taylor's as hot, uh, a hot knife through butter. It just, <laughs> it just goes like crazy, you know? And so if you, what I ask, we go if about three minutes, there's two sections about three minutes in and then about four and a half minutes in Keith does his solo and then Mick takes over and they, they do go back and forth, but you can tell one to the other and they're just two different styles. It sounds so great. Keith's are loud and chunky, you know, and fierce, but then Mick Taylor comes with these beautiful solos that are also their own. It's crazy. It's really good. Okay, so we got three cue points. We're going to take it from the beginning. Then we're going to go to 332 and hear Keith and 430 and hear Mick Taylor. So yes. let's see if I can do it. Let's, uh, All right. here we go. ahead to 332 let me find it also we want to note that charlie watts is on the album cover of this album yes it is he's a stone alone on that cover all right i'm almost to 332 and where is it where is it there it is here we go
right. I'm going to find Mick Taylor now. I always thought it was amazing that Mick Jagger allowed another Mick to be in the band. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. Okay. Here's Mick Taylor. Good pick, Mike. Yeah, this their playing together was though it was kind of separate. They did come together, and I it was a very evil sound. And they were just total at the beginning with the painted black you devil, which is classic. You know, Mick was just playing up at that whole evil persona. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, a lot of people uh, say the Mick Taylor era is their favorite era. Yes, and uh, those studio albums when he's there are are pretty great. Yeah, they are. So. They really are. Ronnie took them in a different direction, which I'm sure we'll get to later, but, um, which was, but I, yeah, the Mick Taylor things are classic. They were just, you know, performing at the top of their peak. Yeah. I mean, Ronnie's great because him and Keith look so good together. They just look like two, you know, down and dirty, greasy <laughs> cats. <laughs> and Ronnie's playing is a lot rougher, less finesse, but very talented guitarist, but different style. It right. fits more in with Mick, with Keith, excuse me. Right. And maybe uh and maybe Ronnie's playing is is better with the stones. I mean, maybe he fits better with them than than Mick. Yeah, they could never him and Keith never really got along. And then I think Mick wanted more Mick Taylor wanted more control. Yeah. Right, which you're not gonna get with Mick and Keith. Mick's gonna continue. No, not, not at all. They run the show. No. All right. Next up. My turn. This is from a concert from 1972. Uh, I believe it was a movie, Ladies and Gentlemen, The Rolling Stones. And this was finally released on CD in 2017. Mm-hmm. Also, when you're listening today, the um, the recording varies. The loudness varies from, from disc to disc because, uh, you know, of the techniques of the day. So sometimes uh, something will be a little uh, louder than uh, something else. So just so you know, people, just so the listeners know. Okay, I chose the song. I don't even want to say the word. I chose the song, Bitch. There you go. said it. Here we go. For me, this isn't one of my favorite uh, Rolling Stone live albums. I don't think the recording's that great on this. Uh, that was the song I liked the best. It sounded the best to my ears. And, um, you know, all these albums, all these live albums aren't great. 
but some of them are really great. Right. They, I don't know why they never had a formal uh, album from that tour, because again, that was another peak era. Yeah. You know, Sticky Fingers, Exile on Main Street. And they, again, were still performing <clears throat> at the top of their league. They're bringing in more people. You got horn sections now mm-hmm. and things. Um, but there's never been a good a good uh, copy of that. And like you said, that Ladies and Gentlemen, the Rolling Stones isn't bad, but it's not the finesse live album that it could be. Right. Exactly. Um, oh, I just had something on the tip of my tongue. What was it? I forgot. Maybe it'll come to me. All right, Mike, what's up next for you? So I have the Marquee Club album, which was um, they were doing what they would do between sometimes before they'd start a tour, they'd go to smaller places and yeah. play college things and play just to get warmed up, you know, smaller crowds. They could play some different songs. Um, and this was one of them. Now, I picked uh, Dead Flowers, which is one of my favorite like country stone songs. I think yeah. Mick did a great job of uh, kind of, in a way, paying tribute yet still parodying uh, do a little parody of a country song, yeah. the way he sings it, but it's still great music and it's a great homage to that genre of music. But um, Dead Flowers, excuse me, <clears throat> I've got that. Um, Dead Flowers, this again features a great way that Mick Taylor can take a song and just, you know, take it to a new level, take the stones to a, a different level. And if you hear it, you know, you got key strumming, but when uh, about 45 seconds in when uh, Mick come, uh, Mick Taylor comes in, his guitar playing just really sets a tone for this song. All right, let's check it out. country mick like uh like on far away eyes i i like when he uh when he pulls that out of the hat i i do enjoy the the country yes. mick stuff i know what i was gonna say that i forgot after i played bitch um that's a perfect example of a song like uh my wife always says the beatles are a rock band but i always tell her that i think the beatles are a pop band and the reason being I could always play the Beatles in the car with the kids, no matter what age they were. And with the stones, I don't, I don't, I did not play. Sometimes I don't even play the rolling stones in the car with the kids now because it's down and dirty. It is. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean, just the title of the song is bitch. And then, uh, I've talked about the song Brown sugar many times. Um, it's, I mean, Brown Sugar is a great song, but lyrically, it is rough. And this year, they finally dropped it from the set list. Yeah, you mean you can't have it really? I guess nowadays, it's especially nowadays, it's not good to have a song about um, slave trading, sex trafficking, and heroin all wrapped in one. Only one it. song. Come on. <laughs> but um, you know, but in some of the yeah, some of these Stone songs are from an era like Star Star. I mean, there's just yeah. some, 
<laughs> some songs that um they're they're down and dirty and and Beatles songs are 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 timeless and I'm not saying the Beatles are better than the Stones because on any given day I don't know who I like better uh, between the Who the Stones the Kinks and and the Beatles I love them all equally but um but yeah I just wanted to throw that out there and uh and Brown Sugar is out of the set list for now but Keith uh I just read something with Keith where he said it could come back so it's not like yeah they've changed the lyrics a little bit. He doesn't use some of the terms and the, yeah. so I didn't, you know, so I think they kind of gloss over some of it. So they could, yeah. um, but yes, um, I agree what you said about the stones have, you can't always listen to them with the kids. <laughs> no, true, true. All right. My next song is from what I think is one of the best Rolling Stones live albums, Brussels affair live in 1973. Yeah. This is fantastic. I think this one is one of my favorites from top to bottom. And I went with uh, a song I love from Exile all down the line. Yeah. Here we go. Like when you saw the band in St. Louis, who was interacting with Steve Jordan the most? Who was his? Because uh, I know Keith would um, would interact with Charlie a lot. Um, Keith was still interacting with Charlie because I excuse me with Steve because I think that whole band is basically you know Keith's the rhythm section. Yeah, and you can see with this with that and all down the line, and they just kind of fill in. So yeah, he was interacting with him, and even Daryl though Daryl was interacting with him a lot also with Steve. All right, cool, cool, cool. And I, you're right. I don't know how that Brussels Affair never got released until recently as a full album because it's fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's part of the um, it's part of the Goat's Head Soup box set, correct? Yes. I can't believe that they won't release that on its own down the line. You know, no pun intended, down the line. But um, yeah, because it's so good and. Um, I hate when something like that is in a massive box set where you have to drop $140 in order to have a nice physical copy of it. Well, and I always wanted music from that era. And the only thing I found, and believe it, I ordered this when I was in seventh grade. I, I, I was a Stones fanatic back then. This is the Nicaraguan benefit from 1973 bootleg that oh I found God. on a mailing list. And his two albums has got like handwritten thing describing the back of the songs and stuff. The sound isn't very good. Yeah. And their performance isn't that top notch. They was kind of thrown together last because of earthquake that happened in Nicaragua where Mick's wife was from Bianca at the time. And they put this together. But I, when I was like, Oh my God, I could get a copy of this. I sent my money in, uh, you know, we had to send it (laughs) 
stamped envelope. And, you know, I got this. I was so excited when I had this album. <laughs> How much did that cost you? Back then, it was like 76. It was like $15, which was a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Yeah, uh, so I didn't you know, know I had to do it, you know. Yeah. 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 Hey, so, sometimes you just have to. And then well, there was not that much live albums at the time. No. You know, so no, there weren't 30 live albums like we have today. And there wasn't YouTube. <laughs> there, there was not YouTube. All right. Uh you picked a great uh deep cut for your next one. I love this song. Well, yeah, this is the LA Forum tour from the uh, Tour of Americas in 75. So that course, um, Mick Taylor leaves abruptly due to many reasons of artistic control, et cetera, et cetera. Um, um, they bring in Ronnie Wood, who just fits in perfect because he's been friends with the band for years. He's Keith's, they, Keith worked on his uh, solo album and they know each other. Um, and But he was only a temporary member because he was still with the Faces. Yeah. For this tour originally. But you knew once he got on there, he was going to be with the Stones. And they actually, um, I don't know if you remember, Pat, they kicked off this, they announced this tour driving down Fifth Avenue in New York on a flatbed playing Brown Sugar because it was Charlie's idea. Cause he said, that's how jazz bands used to promote their shows back in the twenties and thirties. Nice. They had a flatbed. So they came down on a flatbed. There's Billy Preston on the piano. They got the whole band, Ronnie Wood, and they're playing Brown Sugar before they did a press conference at the end of the block. Amazing. You know? That's amazing. Um, this tour is where they kind of went all out. So they had um, this big giant stage with big rising pedals, uh, these big like flower pedals that Mick would dance out on. Uh, they had Ollie Brown come in as a percussionist who would work with Stevie Wonder, Billy Preston. They really expanded this to be a full blown show. And this fingerprint file from um, It's Only Rock and Roll was kind of supposed to be the centerpiece. Now, this is more of a I would say a Mick Taylor influence song, but Mick loved it. And I think he really wanted this to be the showstopper. And um, it's kind of a neat version when they do it live because actually, and here I'm getting into my nerd part. Um, Ronnie Wood switches to bass for this song. Okay. And Bill Wyman switches to synthesizers. Wow. On this so That's it's a, cool. I read too many liner notes in my life, <laughs> um, but this is really cool. But it's fingerprint file. All right, here we go. talking about live albums but i do want to mention the album it's only rock and roll i don't feel like this album gets enough love i agree and i'm going to read you side one this is this is like one of the best side ones for me if you can't rock me then their cover of ain't too proud to beg into it's only rock and roll but i like it and then it closes out with to the next time 
till the next goodbye and time waits for no one. I mean, that's a killer side one. Right. And Mick Taylor had his hands all over that album and his guitar play. But it was very, they took him in a whole different direction, but I love that album. And beginning from beginning to end is awesome. And like you said, side one is great. And side two is great too. Luxury dance, little sister. If you really want to be my friend, short and curlies. And then we close out with fingerprint file. I just don't, I never understand why when people mention their favorite stone albums that people don't mention that one. And it is one of my favorite Rolling Stones albums. It's really good. Um, and another thing, when you're talking about the Stones not being family friendly, during this tour <laughs> with, with San Antonio, with, in, uh, with the 75 tour, um, Mick decided during Star Star uh, to ride an inflatable penis. Yeah, sure. And, but this, it, I remember I looked it up again, back when they went to go play in, they opened up in Baton Rouge for this tour. Then they went to San Antonio but when they got to San Antonio, somebody had leaked about Mick playing, riding this giant penis. Okay. And the paper wrote about it. They took it to a judge and said, "You, this is porn- pornography that you're, you're that they're doing on stage. You need to shut it down. And they were going to shut the whole show down until Mick finally gave in last minute. And for this show, did not ride the inflatable penis. <laughs> so he didn't ride it because sometimes the band will say they're not going to do it and then they'll do it anyway. Well, they said all we need is for the police to come in because, I mean, of course, there was a lot of probably some illegal substances backstage and things. Yes. And their, their, their attorney at the time said, just let's not do it this time. Let's not do the penis, Mick. <laughs> uh. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right, moving on to, uh, this is one of their official releases from 1977. Uh, I mean, all these are are officially released, but I'm like, back in the day, this was... uh, Yes. Only their third officially released live album, I, I believe. Love You Live. And um, this is cobbled together from different shows, which isn't always my favorite type of a live album. I, I kind of prefer ones that are are one show specifically. But I understand why you would do, you know, something like this. But uh, I, I went with Honky Tonk Woman. Yeah. It's a good version. Moving on, Mike, I think uh, I think you scored another one of my favorite live recordings. 
Yes. So this is uh, live in Texas, 78. Now, the difference between this tour and the uh, 75 tour, and again, this is where um, Ronnie Wood is coming more full as a full member of the band. They record Some Girls as a stripped down album. Now we don't have Billy Preston on keyboards. They don't have the horns because they were answering back to the Clash and the Sex Pistols who said, you guys are old hat. You know, you're all living the life of luxury and you're not rocking anymore. <laughs> and they stripped down and said, we can still do it. And Mick was, I think, took a front to this. Keith took a front to it. And they came up with this, you know, very stripped down rock album, Some Girls. And this is uh, from this album is When the Whip Comes Down. And it shows that tough, you know, back in your face, stones, uh, you know, attitude and it's got great again this is the difference of the interplay between mick taylor and keith is the interplay between ronnie and um keith uh, keith and Rhea. keith calls it the ancient art of weaving where they just weave back from lead to <laughs> rhythm and it's a powerful song stripped down and this is uh when the whip comes down great time great song an example of the stones using some uh some words in their lyrics yes <laughs> that um you know uh are derogatory now right um back then you know not not i mean not so much but to the people they're referring to they would have been right. uh, but yeah some girls is a great uh a great album and uh I, ne- I guess I never really thought about that. It, it is stripped down. There's no, there's no Billy Preston in it and none of that stuff. No horns. And they said that, you know, he's like, you know, maybe having like, you know, girl background singers and all the uh, horns. He goes, that's just not, that's not big anymore. You know, punk yeah. rock coming in, you know, um, of course, Mick got a little bit of disco with Miss You, but yeah. I mean, but they still stripped that down and there was a lot of guest artists and it was just, them playing and this tour is very much except for i think they had ian mcclagan for the faces on keyboards and ian stewart kind of back and forth that was it it was just the stones and uh as for ronnie wood i i read a story where it might even be in rod stewart's book where he he said to mick you're not going to steal ronnie from me and mick said no i'd never i would never take ronnie from you (laughs) and of course (laughs) it's rock and roll and i Um, think i think rod was focusing on his solo career at that point and so what's the use and i mean look uh you can tell me about the faces all you want but they're not the stones they are not no and um if if ronnie wouldn't have gone with the stones what would ronnie be doing now he wouldn't be touring he wouldn't be playing arenas and stadiums no he would not (laughs) no okay uh 
Next up, I got Checkerboard Lounge live in Chicago. This is Muddy Waters with the Rolling Stones, or, or I should say the Rolling Stones with Muddy Waters. This was recorded, recorded in 1981, wasn't released until 2012. And uh, Mike, you live in the Chicago area. Did you grow up in Chicago? I'm in the, in the suburbs. I've been probably about 45 minutes away. So are you a blues fan? Because all these bands I love are influenced by the blues, and yet I'm not into the blues, really. I am not either. I mean, I like the early Stones versions of the blues songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I do listen to this. I do listen to Muddy Waters and stuff. But just to go, like, I've been to Blues Fest once. Okay. I just, to me, I just can't. I and mean, it, it's great music. And I understand the genre and what it's meant to rock and roll. Right. But, me to go listen to all day to blues bands play to me. I just don't really get in that much into it. Yeah. And it, um, look, someone could tell you that heavy metal music all sounds the same and all runs together. And that's kind of how blues is for me. It just kind of all seems the same. I know it's not, but to my ear, I can't differentiate between buddy guy or muddy waters or, you know, who, whoever else there is, but this is an 11 minute version of baby, please don't go. And I jumped ahead, like, I don't know, five minutes to where muddy is. Uh, he's calling for Mick. Mm-hmm. He's calling for Mick Jagger. So here we go. So we don't hear the Mick Walker dog. Still we're gonna blame Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. Now for Mick and Keith and Charlie and these guys to be playing and meeting Muddy Waters, that would be like if you and I were meeting the Stones. This was their hero. Right. And did you see the video from this? Have you ever seen the video from this? Uh, I, don't th- I don't think I have seen the video. You're, if you can find it on YouTube, if you don't go buy the actual video DVD of it. But basically, that's this checkerboard lounge isn't very big. And there's like crowded tables everywhere. But in the front, there's a table with Mick and Keith and Charlie. And they're all just hanging out with their like their entourage, you know. Yeah. And then there are people just standing next to them. They just kind of walk in, sit down in these chairs, and all of a sudden they're called up on stage, whether it was planned or not, to go up on stage and play. And like, if, if I could have been there, I was only like 17 at the time. Yeah. But we had that thing, and there, you know, who walks in and sits down at a table to order a drink is Ronnie Wood and Keith Richards and Mick Jagger. And then they jump on stage with him. And that, that scene, that video is really cool. That's the thing. You were, you were 17. Yes. I mean, you could have been there. Who knows? I technically could have, but I would, yeah, I was. Yeah, you weren't, but you technically could have been. Yes, yes. All right, moving on to uh, something that was recorded in 1981, released in 2012. It's uh, Mike Wiles with something from the Hampton Coliseum. 
Yeah. So again, this is another stripped down tour, um, basically with just, uh, again, I think Ian McLagan uh, from the faces were joining them or Ian Stewart. Um, and they played a big, huge, a lot of our outdoor arenas. Um, this tour was very kind of very gaudy stage thing. Mick used to wear like that with total eighties. Mick had yeah. like the green spandex with the pink shirts and, you know, um, but I like how they would find besides doing their normal hits, they fit in some of these co- old cover songs that bring in. And this is one of my favorite. This is 20 Flight Rock. I think this song is fun. And it's, uh, it is kind of an old Chicago rhythm and blues song, but it's a lot of fun. All right. 20 Flight Rock. Here we go. When it comes to rocking, she's the queen We go to dance on Saturday night I'm all alone and I hold a tie But she live on a 20 floor in town The elevator's a broken down So I walk one, two, five, three, five, four Five, six, seven, five, eight, five, four I'm on a 12, I'm starting to sag and uh mick would wear the knee pads yes he did <laughs> yeah i like this era when i see uh when i see videos and stuff uh my next song is from that era too it's um from the officially released still life american concert 1981 album i uh Listen to this recently, and man, this is a great live album. This is a great I a sing-along album. This is something you yeah. could probably play with the kids in the car. Yes. And it's it's a fun album of just all the hit kind of hits and versions of the hits. Yep. And it goes by fast. It's it's a lot, it's a fun album. That's another thing about this uh this 81 era. They played the songs really fast. Yes, they did. Uh, And I chose a song off of uh, one of my, another one of my favorite Stones albums that doesn't get talked about a lot, Emotional Rescue. And uh, this song is called Let Me Go. And I love it. Love it. Yeah, that's now that's something where Charlie, I guess, had an influence on that song. They said when they played it live, he started changing it. And I'm not a I, I play piano, but I don't have I'm not a big musician, but he did something where it's like double time or half time, uh-huh. which gets called halftime. He changed the drum beat and yeah. it really sped up the song, but made it sound great. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's great. And again, videos from that era are just so much fun, so they colorful. Are. The stage is so colorful, and uh, a lot of times they're playing in in, during the day, which is interesting, yeah, big football stadiums. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, we're we're staying in the early '80s. Next up is something from 1982. What do you got for us? Okay, I have this one is from Live at Leeds, um, and this is um, you know they rarely do a lot of um, ballads, you know, in their 
tours, you know, because it mixes people start dragging their feet. That's when people go out for a beer, right? You know, but they did a great version, I think, of Angie, which they don't play very often. They play Wild Horses, um, but you rarely hear Angie as much as you, you, you know, even when it was a hit, it wasn't that big. It was a huge hit back in 73, right? Number one single, but they haven't put it much into their repertoire. But uh, Angie was on this uh, tour, and I think it's great. All right, let's hear it. This is, uh, we've done all around Europe. This is the last gig of our European tour. This is the largest, largest one we've done. So I think it's fucking great. <laughs> it's also quite a nice place to end up in after a long tour. We've hit the road all around Europe. Anyway, here we go, darling. gets every single syllable out of the word Angie that he can yes, possibly he pull out of that song. You know, it's amazing though. When I heard him a couple of weeks ago to hear him now, his tone of his voice has not changed. And, you know, he's 78 years old and he can still sing. He's got that deep baritone and he can still sing like he could and still dance and run around the stage, you know, again, like he's 30 years old, but his tone, importantly, his tone hasn't changed. Yeah, and that's interesting because, um, again, the running around at 78 is incredible. That's absolutely incredible. And Mick, Mick Jagger is the greatest front man of all time. No doubt. I mean, he is. You, I mean, look, yes, Freddie Mercury. But, but Mick is still here and still doing it. Yes. Would Freddie Mercury still be doing it the way he did it when he left us? I don't know. Um, don't tell me David Lee Roth is the best front man. The guy no. can't sing. He jumps around. He does splits. He doesn't engage the crowd. Don't tell me. I don't want to even, even want to hear David Lee Roth is the best front man. It's Mick Jagger. The guy can play uh, a club and a theater and an arena and a stadium and get the same reaction and get all those people going. It's incredible. And for somebody that was a wild partying rocker now i think he's maybe managed to keep it because just the opposite he leave like leads from what i understand a very healthy lifestyle yeah works out all the time works his voice works his you know aerobics does especially before Tory's months training yeah yeah so in that shape but it's paid off he's he's the front man the face of that band he's got to yeah. move and groove and when you're in a stadium you got to cover all that stage yes and it's big he has a long stage now, as far as his voice goes, I don't want to say that he's not a singer like, you know, like uh, when you hear Daltrey sing Behind Blue Eyes in 1971, right. 
Daltrey can't sing it like that in 2021, but he sounds great. Mm-hmm. But Jagger's voice, I don't know how to describe it. It's not, it's not a technically great voice. No. So, so he's always sounded the same. No one sings like him. Right. It's singing and rapping almost at some time, like shattered or whatever. It's almost like a rap. He does talk. Yeah. But he, I've noticed honestly in the last 20 some years of watching him, he's actually gotten more to the craft of singing where in the late, sometimes it's heard in the eighties, he was screaming like in dirty work, uh, that album from 86, which wasn't that very good, but it was a lot of him like growling the vo- vocals and stuff, you know, where yeah. now he actually tries to sing more, you know, but, um, but you're right. He It's a different style altogether. It's a, it's not the, uh, you know, he's not um, like Rod Stewart or even Roger Daltrey. Yeah. So Mick, maybe not technically the greatest singer, but because of that, he still sounds the same and great. So he does. We love Mick. Okay. Uh, my next song is from a steel wheel show uh, that was in Atlantic city. And uh, this one was released in 2020. Finally. Um, This isn't a great recording for me. I listened to this uh, in preparation and I didn't uh, find this album to be great, even though the steel wheels tour is great. But uh, the song I chose was undercover of the night. Cause I believe this is the only version of this song that I have. That's live. It's hard to find it live. Yeah. So here we go. They had a scream for Santa Father too. They're loud enough to bust your brains out. But the opposition tongue is caught in tow. Keep off the street, those you're in danger. One of a thousand to Sparrow. Lost in the jails in South America. Uh, because they didn't tour with the undercover album, a lot of songs uh, from that album aren't played live or you can't find them live. Maybe she was hot, but that's about it. Yeah. The other ones, they really did. Album didn't only get album aged well, but also didn't, yeah, they, don't, they didn't really come back to that album. Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, and they didn't tour with dirty work. And um, there was that long period where they made a couple albums and just didn't tour. They didn't, they toured with um, Tattoo You and then not again until Steel Wheels, correct? Right, because Mick and Keith had the feud. Mick didn't, he didn't like Mick doing a solo career, so Mick responded with his solo album. But then they came back for this great Steel Wheels album, which I think is a very great album, and this tour. And this is the first time I've seen them. I had And I had to go see them because I said, well, I got to go now because it may be the last. You know, <laughs> right. Years ago. Yeah. Um, but in this tour, they did bring back the full state. They full bands. Um, they, they hired Chuck Lavelle from, you know, former Allman Brothers and C-Level yeah. uh, keyboard, who's involved actually to like the band leader. Like he helps like derange the songs, come up with the sets. And I think he's been integral in them bringing all the different players in to make it sound like the album. Yeah. There's a lot going on and they're making a full show. And this has got a lot of stage props and everything on this tour. It's fantastic and they sound great, you know. Yeah. 
So you, uh, so what is your song? This is from Steel Wheels. It's from Flashpoint. Yeah, the album Flashpoint, uh, which was the um, from the Steel Wheels album, which was the ninety was released in nineteen ninety. The live album from the Steel Wheels tour, the official going to call it official one back then. Right. Um, um, so during this, when they started this, and it might have been part of the whole Nick Keith feud, but Keith got to have two songs in the middle, and he still does has two songs where Mick goes off stage. And Mick does band introductions and then leaves and then Mick keys up front and center. Yeah. And he always does two songs. Um, a lot of it's happy or, you know, uh, before they make me run, then he picks one more obscure song. This was, uh, he picked on this tour. He was playing from the steel wheels album and he hasn't played it much since, but I really like it. It's uh, I can't be seen. To me, it's one of my favorite songs from that album. And I, I think it's a great upbeat Keith song. Um, that he does, and I really like this version. I love this song too. This is a great pick. Two, one, two, three, four. Mike, it's a good thing you went and saw that tour because that was Bill Wyman's last tour. It was Bill Wyman's last tour. That's right. This is the last time you heard. And then uh, Bill Wyman left. I think just basically was tired of the traveling, tired of, you know, he said, you know, he's I'm done. You know, I, I don't want to continue on. And I think he thought, well, they're not going to stay much longer anyway. So, and they, you know, they bring in Daryl, which Daryl does a great job. Daryl's a different player, uh, more rhythm and blues or, you know, background but uh played with sting and stuff but it's the jazzy but he's really good and he well, he's been there since 93 you know he's, but yet he's not a member of the band no to get that you know they took ronnie wood ronnie wood joined in 75 but wasn't an official member till 94 they didn't make him one of the official members because mix ain't gonna share that pie no <laughs> no yeah so Okay, my next song is also from the Steel Wheels album, and it's from uh, a Steel Wheels show that was live at the Tokyo Dome. And this is one of my favorite uh, uh, ballad or mid-tempo songs. This is Almost Here You Sigh. Yeah. I can almost hear you sigh. I can almost hear you cry. On every crowded street All the places we would meet What'll I do without you? Say that life goes on And I'm feeling sorry for myself Cold 
So, Mike, when you saw the Steel Wheels tour, what was the venue? It was actually um, the one up in um, Wisconsin, Alpine Valley. Okay. Because they weren't playing in Chicago. They were playing with Alpine Valley at the time. It was a huge outdoor, you probably remember. I've been and, there, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a great place to see it, though. The acoustics were fantastic. Yeah. So it was great to go to see them. You know, um, we didn't, we didn't, we sit so far, far back. We had seats, though. But, uh, you know, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't up close, but I got to see the Stones. I thought, hey, if nothing else happens now, I've seen them. And it was a fantastic show from beginning yeah. to end. Yeah, if there's a tour I could go back and make sure I, I saw, it would have been the Steel Wheels tour. And I lived in Chicago at the time. I had just moved there in 89. So uh, I'm sure I didn't have any money at all to go see anything. So, um, yeah. but, you know, I'm trying to rectify that by just seeing them next week for only my second time. There you go. Which doesn't seem like enough at all. All right. What's your next song, Mike? So I have, um, all right. So we're, I, this is done the Voodoo Lounge tour. This is the Voodoo Lounge Uncut. Um, This is, again, another great tour. Here they come back, they get Daryl Jones, they hire in, and they launch another full blown tour. Voodoo Lounge is a great album. I think, uh, Pat, you probably agree with one of their, their best albums in the 90s or after, you know. For sure. I love it's it. Fantastic. Good again, good. All the tracks are good. There's very little filler. I love this album. Um, and I love this track is Sparks Will Fly. Again, they have the full band, full stage, a lot of, you know, it was a fantastic show to see. I saw that at Soldier Field. But this is uh, Sparks Will Fly. Here we go. Mike, I'm drawing a blank. What was the first single from the Voodoo Lounge album? That would be Love is Strong. Love is Strong. So when, uh, you know, I, I heard that song and I saw the video on MTV prior to buying the album. And, and I like that song, but I was not ready for this album when I pushed play on my CD player. I was immediately blown away by this album. And you're wearing a Voodoo Lounge shirt right now. I am wearing a Voodoo Lounge shirt. <laughs> yeah, I just could not believe how, for 1994, what an amazing album this was. Yes. Um, Don was helped in the production of it, and I think he helped really push them to be yeah. there. You know, do, uh, and it kind of go back into some retro aspects to it. You know, yeah, this, uh, you know, and it sounds like some of the songs sound like some of the songs sound like it could have been on between the buttons with the, you know, and yep. uh, just a, a total kind of career spanning uh, influences on this album. This, I've got the one here, though I'm disappointed. I have the CD, but on this one, because it's on the 180 gram vinyl, yeah, 
Um, they it's four sides, you three songs, you got to switch it over, but it's vinyl. But they they uh, cut out Mean Disposition is not on this vinyl because they couldn't have room. So come on, vinyl. They still have the CD, you know. <laughs> they should throw that on a forty-five then for us. Come on. Yeah, if you're going to spend the money for it. But anyway, yeah, this is it is a great album. It, to me, it re- kind of relaunched people's thoughts of the stone. Like, wow, they're still you know able to do it. Yeah, and new music that's good. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, again, the Stones continued to make music way after the Who stopped and uh, and the Kinks. Right. I mean, the, the the Stones just kept going, going, going. They've never ever stopped, and why would they? And it's kind of cool that we're playing songs like these new tracks or deep tracks because all these albums feature the same. You know, you're still jumping Jack Flash and Satisfying. Oh yeah. Honky Talk Woman, you know, there's which you played earlier, which was a good version, but there's a lot of those things as you go on here. But it's cool that they throw these other songs in to make it keep it interesting, you know, when you're buying these albums. Well, I had the luxury of seeing your list first, so I didn't want to play any songs that you had already chosen. And I didn't want to play, you know, you know, I've got 20, 30 versions of Satisfaction Live. I, I wanted to, <laughs> to play something different. So uh, this next track is a, uh, is a well-known song for sure, but it's from the album Stripped. So it's, it's, uh, well, it's, it's acoustic. It's stripped down and it sounds phenomenal. This is from 1995. This is Wild Horses. It's easy to do. Things you wanted I bought them for you Graceless lady You know how I act You know I can't let you Slide through my hands This wild horses Couldn't drag me away Wild, wild horses Couldn't drag me away almost didn't want to stop it i know it's really good if you notice there he's singing harmony with mick which i love their mixture of their voices yeah and in later tours he's sung less and less and bernard fowler the background singer lisa robbins another sasha allen fill you know fill in those gaps when they yeah. when he sings with the harmony but on the new tour he keith comes and sings harmony and wild horses when they played it excellent so, that's good to know yes so you have a song from something called Totally Stripped. So um, Stripped was like the officially released thing and from 1995. And then in 2016, they released Totally Stripped, which was a bunch of other songs from this tour. Right. Because they went, I think it was in Europe, they went and played smaller theaters after playing the big giant voodoo lounge tour they went to smaller places and mick always said when you get to these smaller places then you can play some songs that you're not 
normally play that you, know, right. you mix in a few deep tracks because people are your diehard fans are there you know not just right. the casual fans and you know they're wanting to hear something different so that's why i picked one that for years was never featured ever live and it's one of my favorite songs off of uh exile on main street it's, it's a kind of a gospel song uh shine a light all right let's do it i saw you stretched out in room 1009 with a smile on your face and a tear right in your eye could not seem to get a Sweet on the love. song that's also one of my favorites from exile on main street an album that i often say um i don't enjoy that much that's not true i enjoy it i just there's just songs on exile and i'm using this uh mic as my uh get on my soapbox but yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the track list for exile rocks off love it rip this joint love it shake your hips love it casino boogie it's, i don't like it Tumbling Dice, love it. Sweet Virginia, love it. Torn and Frayed, love it. Sweet Black Angel, not a big fan. Love and Cup, love it. Happy, love it. Turd on the Run, no. <laughs> Ventilator Blues, no. I just want to see his face. I don't like it. Let it loose. Side three is not good for me. Side three might be what, uh, what kind of hurts the album for me because then we got all down, down the line, stop breaking down, shine a light, soul survivor. I like all those, but um, I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why I'm so uh, cantankerous when it comes to that album. Mike. I love that. And again, we'd be different. I think that album would be good for beginning to end. I love the deep, I love the variety. We go to from country to gospel, to, you know, and um, one of the interesting stories because that whole album, you know, Keith recorded it, you know, in the house in France, yep. there's, there's stranglers there's drug dealers. There's, people strangers hanging out and all hours of night they said that some of the songs they'd start playing and it would just sound like a train wreck and then out of the blue let it loose would come out with that chorus and they're singing like yeah. angels and they said out of the blue this magic would just come about and so i think that's why and my sister my older sisters were into the stones that's how i got it and they used to play this album over and over. So I kind of grew up listening to this. So album. it's in, it's in your DNA. Thanks to your Yeah, sisters. It really is. Yeah. I get it. I get it. I, know I, I, them too, you know. I like it. It's just like, uh, it's just not even out of the seven, even out of the Mick Taylor output, it's, it's fourth for me. I like the other ones better. I don't know why, who cares? Who cares about what Pat likes? All right. No. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. My next song is from the No Security Tour. This I love this song. I discovered this song late in the game because uh, the Black and Blue album was never on my radar. It might have been one of the last ones I, I purchased when I started buying Rolling Stones albums. Uh, but Memory Motel, the first time I heard this song, I was like, how have I never heard this song everywhere all the time? And I think on this version, I don't know if we'll get to it, but I think Dave Matthews uh, sings with them on this one. But here we go. Hannah Baby was a peachy kind of girl. Her eyes were hazel and her teeth were slightly curled. We spent a lonely night at the Memory Motel. It's on the ocean. Yes, you know it well It took one starry night To steal my heart away Out on the waterfront Her hair all drenched in spray See if we can get to gay bathrooms Hello, baby You're quite the honey of a girl Slightly curled. She took my guitar and she began to play. She sang a song for me and it stuck right in my head. He sounds really cool on that. He does. He does really sound good. That's a good kind of a combination. Mick, yeah. I think Mick's real picky and who he picks for his guest artists and i heard it, you know, it's not easy to get in yeah but you know, if you're if you're trending right now for big that how big dave matthews was at that point you know yeah they sound good i think if you're a woman uh and you're good looking mick mick will have you up on stage yeah that's so. easier to get yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> yes true <laughs> um I'm not saying Cheryl crow's not great i'm not saying christina aguilera is not great but um but yeah, I, I think if you're, I think if you're a, a cutie, Mick, Mick will. Fergie's play there. with them. Yeah. 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 Um, Mike, you are up with uh, a song from uh, the Bridges of Babylon album. Yeah. So Bridges to Buenos, uh, which was um, this. Oh, yes. Right. Flip the switch. Yes. So this uh, Bridges to uh, Babylon album, I was excited when it came out and I really liked it, but it hasn't aged well with me. I like some of the songs that are now I'm like, eh, you know, there's some songs I listen to, mm-hmm. um, but I really like this opening track, um, which he actually allowed it to open the show with during this tour was uh, flip this switch. It's such a killer. It, is. It, it opens the studio album too. Correct. Yeah. 
that song um yeah so um bridges to babylon yeah when when that album came out i was so excited for it because voodoo lounge was so incredible and uh at the time i remember only liking like maybe four or five songs and uh and for me i'm the opposite of you uh recently i've started to embrace that album more than i did in the past but it's certainly not voodoo lounge that's for sure no, and I, I, I think I just need to go back and listen to it. I got away from it. You know, the tour was cool because they had, they would get another big elaborate stage show. Yeah. And there's one other one I saw at Soldier Field, but they had like the big bridge, like a mechanical bridge that came out to a small stage. Yeah. In the middle of the, uh, the amphitheater stadium where they play like a small set, you know, just some oldies and stuff with just the four or five of them, you know, so it was kind of a cool uh, show. Are they doing the small stage on the current tour? No, no, all the and I thought I got a side seat that was by yeah. the side, so I could see Mick. He would run down the runway, but they didn't bring the whole band out. They didn't do it this time. Yeah, no, no. All right. Um. So yeah, your song was from Bridges to Buenos Aires. That was recorded live April fifth, nineteen ninety eight. And my next song is from Bridges to Bremen, which was recorded live September second, nineteen ninety eight. Both of these Bridges to Babylon shows were just released in 2019 so yeah. they must have gone back and said you know what we we like these shows so i chose a i chose a classic track that isn't always in the set list it's painted black nice Honest, Mike, uh, when I got up to record this show this morning and I was exhausted, I thought, oh, right after I record this, I'm going back to bed. But now listening to, to this music, I'm up for the day. Yeah, this is great music. And that song just never gets old. Actually, that's the number one Stone stream song on Spotify. You pull up Spotify, that's their top song that people go to right away. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I know they featured it in commercials. A mm-hmm. lot of people you know, used it. They played it. Um, Two weeks ago, and the crowd went crazy. Everybody knows that song. You know what? I'm going to say that that might be in a TikTok video because whenever Rita has uh, finds a song, if it's an old song, I'll go, how do you know this song? And she'll go, oh, I, I heard it on TikTok. Yeah. Someone has a TikTok video that it's in. So 
That could be. That's why. That's I, amazing. Yeah. If you if you gave me a list of ten songs and told me to pick, and this was on the list, I would not have picked that as their number one, even though I love it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, back to Mike Wiles. We're we're uh we're in the home stretch now, Mike. Yeah, we're going through this pretty fast. This we are. Fun. Yes. Um, no security again. No security. Ninety nine again. They uh, this was from the uh, they keep releasing you know versions of this tour. You know, I yeah. feel like you know. Um, but I like <clears throat> I have seen also seen this tour. Um, um, but the um, it's nice how they go back and pull out these oldies and perform them well. Route 66 is from their first album. It's a Bobby Troop cover they did on their first album. So back in 99, this song was like 37 years old. Now it's almost 60 years old, but they perform it really well. I love the song. It's it's a great upbeat. Fits right in the Stones' early music, uh, you know, rhythm and blues, early rock. Route 66. Route 66. They must record every show every night, right, Mike? They must and keep them in <clears throat> archives, you know. I, for and who goes through these shows and decides that, oh, the San Jose show from 99, yeah, we should release that one. Because for me, if I listen to like five of their live concerts, start to finish, back to back, I don't know if I would be able to start to be able to differentiate between the shows. Right, right. I think like they I, try to pick as far as marketing. You know, they pick the the ones everybody loves. You know, and then for to, to get the old the us older fans or diehard fans to you know, they'll throw in these little you know gems of the uh, yeah. beat tracks just to get us to say okay I'll buy that. <laughs> yeah, I don't that, have that, that must be it. That must be how it works. Um. All right. My next song is from Live Licks. And again, I think this is an album where the songs are from all shows all over the place. Right, right. And this was, I guess, from the 40 Licks tour. Right, correct. Which, by the way, the uh, that Greatest Hits compilation, I love those four new songs on that album so much. They're very good, yes. Don't Losing stop. My Touch is my favorite Keith song. It's a very good song. And Don't Stop is good. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. There's a... Yeah, there's great. Those songs are uh, those four new songs are great. So and seek liner those out. Notes by your friend David Wild. Liner notes by David Wild, and I think yeah. he uh, tweeted out his signed copy uh, just a couple weeks ago. So oh, yes. follow David on Twitter. Uh, okay, so from Live Licks, I took a song that I love from Tattoo You, and it's Neighbors. Yes.
Yeah, Charlie's just so good on that song. Yeah, he is. And that's a, you know, a deep, deeper track from uh, Tattoo You that doesn't get played enough. And now that yeah. album's making a re-release soon, uh, the end of this month, I believe. And are you um, going to pick that up, Mike? Oh, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, I got to spend money in the Stones ticket, but I'll I'll find a way. Yeah, <clears throat> I got I to gotta get it, too. Yeah. But you got to. Tour, though, that uh, Live Licks tour was great. And I saw them play at... Well, it was Comiskey Park or U.S. Cellular Field in Chicago. Um, but the one song they don't release from that tour that they played so great was the cover of the O.J.'s Love Train. They do a version. They played that sporadically during the tour, and they played it that night. It was awesome, but it's never been any release. I'm trying to find it. I loved it. Wonder, wonder if they couldn't get the rights to release <clears throat> it or what's the okay, deal? Yeah. Or maybe we had to pay too much money. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to pay any money. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on to 2005. Yes, yeah, so this is the Light the Fuse, which is from the uh, Bigger Bang Tour. And um, I didn't see this one because that was, <laughs> was when I had, <laughs> the kids were all little and we didn't have money to buy tickets for this. Yeah. But uh, I like this I like this album, again, in parts. I never really dug deep into it. I listened to it, you know, there's some good tracks. I do love uh, Oh Not You Again and this song, Rough Justice, which I think is just a classic Keith Riff song. And again... It's 2005, and they sound as good as they did back in the 60s and 70s. Okay, here's and yeah, I love this song too. When I when I heard this song, I was in the car with uh with uh, Pilar, and even she commented, she's like, they sound as vital as ever. Yeah, and uh, this is Rough Justice. Here's Rough Justice. Welcome. I think tonight we're all really happy about small beginnings. And this is the start of a bigger bang, so please welcome the Rolling Stones. a great song did you see them perform that year for the super bowl uh i'm sure i did and i did see this was the first time i saw them i saw them at dodger stadium on this tour oh okay wow yeah they played the super bowl they played they played what three or four doll pre you know free set you know they yeah. played uh, rough justice but they, speaking of the family friendly they played start me up but they beeped him out when he said you make a dead man come 
Okay. They did beep out. Beep. They did a little, uh, you know, so. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, and it's, it's, it's so funny to me too. Like <laughs> they're choosing songs that are going to be played on television. They've got more well-known songs than you, than, than anyone. And yet they're like, well, we're going to play this. You know what I mean? They know, yeah. they know they're going to get bleeped or maybe they're right, trying right. to pull a fast <laughs> one. Um, all right, Mike, my, my next song is one you just mentioned, one that you like from uh, a bigger bang. It's Oh No, Not You Again. And this is from the live on Copacabana Beach, which was recorded in February 2006 and just came out this year, 2021. Here we go. the f-bomb mick jagger yeah and you know you think about it and that's why you know i even if they have a couple of good songs how many bands like you said now 50 60 years into their existence can release an album and even if there's two great songs like this and the other ones are okay hey that's fantastic yeah i mean uh the um the greatest hits compilation um grr had doom and gloom on it yes. what a killer it is a great I song I mean, it's crazy. Uh, all right, you are up, Mr. Mike Wiles. Yeah, so this is the Shine a Light uh, 2006 show at the Beacon Theater in New York. And it actually was a uh, fundraiser for, I think, the Clinton's Foundation. Uh, wow. President, you know, and if, you, if you've seen the movie, have you seen the movie that Martin Scorsese directed it? And they've got beforehand stuff and they're uh, meeting the Clintons. And I don't know, it was kind of interesting. It was, you know, a whole background story. They would, you know, setting up the stage. Uh-huh. And Martin Scorsese got with the lights and everything. So it's, it's a great show. And they really perform top notch in these little shows like this. Um, but they did um, Loving Cup with Jack White. Again, Mick's trying to bring in the hip, you know, that sure. white stripes. And Jack, you know, 2006, Jack was big time then, you know, cutting edge, if you want to call it. And I think they together they do a great song of a great, another great deeper song from uh, XL and Main Street, Loving Cup. And this is with Jack White. All right, here we go. This is come on I'm the plowman in the valley with the face full of mud. Yes, I am fumbling, and I know my car won't stop. Oh, yeah, I'm stumbling, and I'm no I'm 
Mike, what do you think we'll get next? Will we get a new Stones album, a new Mick solo album, or a new Keith solo album? What would be next? I think something came out this week that they said, you're still going to hear new music with Charlie on it. Like they had been recording stuff. And I think they really want to get that out. I think they'll let the Tattoo You get out first, the reissue. Yeah. But I'm thinking by next year, they're going to release something new before Mick or Keith release something. I, I hope so. I want, I want, uh, I, re- I, I didn't think it would be this long. No, I know. <laughs> between Stone's album, especially because they're, they've never stopped touring. So you know that they're, uh, they got to be writing and, um, and they're at the top of their game because they've, they're still playing. So, uh, yeah, they released Blue and Lonesome a few years ago. And uh, again, they was went to the studio and cut old blues songs. Yeah. Which they sound great. But again, I'm, and I can't listen to it all the way through all the time. No. I, not bad. Not bad at all. And they're great. They sound great, but it's just not my thing. It's not my thing either. And I think I've only listened to that maybe one time through and I'm like, okay. Yeah. But yeah. it made me mad because I wanted, I wanted new Stones music. And you know, they got good music coming out yet still. I mean, I, I, I hope so. the Ghost Town last year was really good. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And that's in the set list, right? Aren't they playing yeah. it? Yes. Yes. Um, the set list was good. Yes, it was very good. I mean, they, again, easier to play to the crowd. I mean, you're going to hear the hits, but they did Midnight Rambler. Um, they did, you know, they got 19th Nervous Breakdown seems to be the mainstay in the set. They'll pick some old song and put it in there. Yeah. It was awesome. I love that song. And then they do one part where they have the audience pick previously online with some of the ballads. Okay. It was Wild Horses, Angie, or Let It Bleed, and they they pick Wild Horses. So they bury that every night, seems to. Boy, I think I would have picked Let It Bleed if I have the choice. I would have told him, yes, yes. Yeah. So they're doing, and then Keith intermixes his songs um, also. You know, he actually, he did Connection last night. Oh, Nashville. wow, that's deep. That's yeah. a deep cut. Yeah. So, is that between the buttons? What's that? Is that between the buttons, Connection? Yes, yes. All right. Yeah. So. All right, my mind's still there a little bit. My mind's still there. You're, good. No, you're fine. Mike, we're the same age, right? 57. I'm 58, so I'm just, I just turned 58. So we're ah, right you're an old man then. I shouldn't I, be talking uh, to you. Uh, um, well, I'll be there in February. So you're about, uh, half a year older than me. All right, here we go. My next song is from Hyde Park live in 2009. In, I'm sorry, 2013. And, um, was this the first time they played Hyde Park since 69? Um, I think, yes, it was. Yes, yeah. it was. It was the, yes. So a lot of different circumstances, a little different crowd and, yeah. <laughs> but Yes. And this is a this is a classic song that I love. It's Ruby Tuesday. Yes. She would never say where she came from. Cause yesterday don't matter if it's gone. It's a classic. Never gets old. And when they played the original 
uh, Hyde Park in 69 with, with the tribute to Brian and everything. Did you know that Ronnie Wood was in the crowd and ran into them before the show? And they kind of knew who he was, yeah. you know, but he told lore, the folklore goes that he told his friend, I'm going to be in that band someday. Well, <laughs> you, you know, you have to, uh, you have to think like that to make stuff happen sometimes. So, yeah. so yeah. good for Ronnie. Yeah. See, <laughs> all right. So Mike, this is your last song. Yes. And then we'll do some promoting. And then, uh, and then my song will be the playout song. Perfect. Um, so they did, I believe this was in 2018. What was it? This was the, just the Sticky Fingers Live was. 2015. This 2015. was their. Uh, yes. Yeah. This is the zip code tour, but they kicked it off by doing the Sticky Fingers Live, Sticky Fingers album from beginning to end or played the whole album yeah. at a, in a theater in LA, I believe. And um, they, you know, I think Mick Taylor was disappointed he wasn't invited to this because <laughs> he'd been invited to show up now and then for the, you know, cameos in the past, but they didn't invite him. But uh, Ronnie Wood does a great job filling in the, you know, does the amazing job and probably songs he hadn't really performed live ever. I think right. Moonlight Mile and stuff. And he does a really good job on this song. And this is, again, this is a song they rarely play live. Uh, the haunting sister morphine uh, from sticky fingers, which is, written by Mick and actually Marianne Faithful, though she had to sue, I think, to get finally get royalties yeah. from it, you know. But in the original, Rye Cooter plays a uh, bottleneck slide guitar. Amazing in the song. And on this version, Ronnie does a great job with it. All right, let's hear some Sister Morphine. listen to this i had heard this in a while i went back and streamed it and they play those songs really dead on you know for a band playing it now 40 years later 40 some years later the um they did not play the album in uh in running order because uh mick said he didn't feel he didn't think that they could follow up brown sugar if you kick the show off with brown sugar where do you go from there so (laughs) they uh I think he joked that they were playing it in the eight track order. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> but um, they probably didn't ask Mick Taylor because they probably knew they would eventually release this and then they'd have to pay him. That's true. Yes, exactly. exactly. Um, all right. So we got through 29 songs. I've got the playout song, which we will play in a second, but we're going to do some promoting Mike. What episode is the retro rock roundup podcast on? We are on our 42nd episode. 
So we're we're closing in on a year. Yes, we are. Yes, we are, Pat. Episodes drop what day of the week? Uh, every Tuesday. And have you been consistent? Have you been doing it every Tuesday? Yes, we have. I had to kind of push my sons to let's get this out. We got to get out on Tuesday, but sometimes they're later on Tuesday when they get out on Tuesday. <laughs> I I personally think that's important. You, yes. If people find you, they want to know that they can find you every Tuesday. They they want you to be there. Yeah, some um, people are saying, "Where's the episode?" If it, you know, they're coming. What's the new episode this week? So, I know exactly. I know. Then thing. you're like, okay, people yeah. are listening. Um, and you have scored some in your first year, some great guests. Give us a little rundown of some of the people. We've had uh, John Waite. We've had um, Mark Farner from Grand Funk Railroad. We've had uh, Doug Cosmo Clifford from uh, CCR. Um, we've had. Uh, the guitarist from Foghat. And then we found like a uh, Lawrence Juber from uh, the latter version of Paul McCartney wings, which yep. was amazing. Nice um, guy. And the one I searched out and turned out to be one of our favorite interviews was uh, Shane Fontaine. And if you're not familiar with Shane Fontaine, he was the guitarist in the Bruce Springsteen's other band, but he has a stellar career playing with everybody from Paul Simon. He's been playing with Graham Nash and he was an eloquent interview he had stories and so positive and jeremy he gave jeremy 10 albums that he should listen to the, the before he dies you know great wow. albums to listen to and he was a, you know so you get these rare interviews and they're fantastic yeah that's the thing like you you're always trying for the big names but some of these uh some of these lesser known people that have been uh doing music their entire careers sometimes they uh are the ones that really hit it out of the park yeah, and he was fantastic. Okay, Mike, uh, it's the Retro Rock Roundup podcast. Uh, where can we find you? Where can the folks find you? You can find us on Facebook. Uh, we have a pod, Retro Rock Roundup. You can also find me on Facebook, Mike Wiles. Um, I don't do Twitter as much. Uh, I'm on there, but not very often. Um, and uh, the, the Retro Rock is RetroRockRoundup.com is also our website. Uh, but yeah, I'm on Facebook all the time, posting stuff, probably too much. Some people say, but like, albums I play while I work and what I play when I go to the gym and family events. I always think Facebook, to me, Facebook's a very positive thing. And I try to keep it positive and my family events and things I'm doing during the day that I can share with other people. Yeah. I don't think Facebook is a negative thing. You get out of it exactly what you put into it. So, exactly. you know, I, I basically use it to post about the show and family stuff too. and and um, so, yeah, you just keep it chill. Everything's good. Uh, Mike, I appreciate you uh, being on the show today. No, uh, I think we both brought some great uh, deep cuts. And I think we presented these live albums in a way that people that listen today are going to go out and seek out maybe not all 30, but some of them. Correct. I hope so. All right. We're at Rock Solid Show. I am at Pat underscore Francis. Uh, I am at where am I on Instagram? I am at Pat underscore Francis underscore comedian. So I've been having fun on Instagram. I, I finally embraced it. And also Lisa Solak runs our rock solid uh, Instagram. So check that out. And uh, what else? I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Mike, the playout song for me is from 2016 album called Havana Moon live in Cuba. Mm-hmm. And I went with a with a classic because I think it encapsulates what we did here today. And that song is It's Only Rock and Roll 
Yes. But I like it. Yes. So Mike, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. This was a wonderful time. I agree. And I will see you soon. Take care. Bye, Pat. Thank you. Bye, Mike.